Welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast, an examination of the Bible and how parents can apply God's Word to raising kids in a culture saturated with media and technology. We look at everyday issues from a biblical worldview so you can trust the sufficiency of Scripture and apply its truth to your life as you raise and disciple your kids. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm Kelly, founder of Brave Parenting. And I am Chelsea, a longtime roadie of this garage band. <laughs> I <laughs> I love that I, you think that our ministry is a garage band. <laughs> it, it's like the adult version of one, and it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> I, I'm so glad that we've got listeners today, that people have tuned in. I think this is going to be a super extremely important um, topic, but let's be honest, it's a neglected topic. It is. I yeah. have I have two girls, so this is I mean this is right up my alley. I have two girls who just turned thirteen, so it's relevant for me. And I know that I'm not the only parent under siege because the powers that be have deemed the magical age of thirteen is when you can be an adult and be on the internet, and yeah. that just seems absurd to me, Kelly. Yeah. Like so, we've titled this one, yeah, the magical age of thirteen, and that is that's what whoever they are right we i say the powers that be and <laughs> yeah it's like a secret society right something's going on something so this is the age so so for a little background w- some um of us may realize where the magical age of 13 comes from but let's look at some uh, research in october 2021 so almost a year ago uh, cs mott children's hospital with the university of michigan shared a national poll on children's health and revealed that children 10 to 12 years old, that 49% of their parents are reporting usage of social media apps. So 10 to 12 years old, 49%. So that puts you at like fourth, fifth, maybe even sixth grade. For children seven to nine years old, 32% of parents are reporting that their kids are using social media apps. So this is like second, third, fourth-ish grades. Now, what I find is interesting, just real quick off this, is that these are the parents reporting the use of the social media app. So that means that parents are in full knowledge that their kids are using social media. It's not like they're hiding it and they're getting on without their parents' knowledge. This is parents being reporting these numbers. And even more than that, the same research showed that one in six parents um, are not using any parental controls, almost 20% are not using any parental controls. So here we go. You may be thinking ages 7 to 12 sounds kind of young, right? Don't social media platforms have a minimum age of 13? And yes, that is the magical age, right? 13. All the big ones, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, YouTube, you name it, all require the user to be 13 years of age. But why? Does anybody know? Well, is it, let's consider these options, is it because Research has shown that 13-year-old adolescents are capable of handling the algorithm-driven content within the platform, or... <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Should I be the soundboard that for was, these that was a good for buzzer. These girl? Thank you. <laughs> or, okay, option B, are kids more ready and prepared to handle the potential cyberbullying or predatorial stalking at age 13 versus age 12? Mm-hmm. Nope. I need my buzzer, nope. girl. <laughs> I need I, I need a nope card. I need a nope card. <laughs> or or is it uh, option C? Because these massive platform conglomerates recognize the difficulty parents have in choosing 
when to allow access to these social media sites. Therefore, by collectively defining their terms of use as acceptably understood at age 13, they are really working together for the parent's greater good. No, I just, no. <laughs> okay, so these are, these are my sarcastic, you know, options. Of course, none of this is why. The real, <sighs> the real reason is none of those. It is solely because the Child Online Privacy Protection Act, which is abbreviated COPA, legislates that these online websites businesses cannot knowingly collect data usage and personal information from anyone under the age of 13. Now, COPA was signed into legislation back in the 90s. I think it was like 96, 98, before, I'm not saying not before the internet. I mean, the internet was there, but this is way before social media apps even existed. Now, protected data includes, in case you weren't curious, you you didn't know, um, it includes child's personal details, such as a name, home address, email address, phone number, geolocation information, um, online tracking data, such as their photos, videos, audio files. So that is what cannot be collected from these online websites and businesses under the age of 13. But at 13, go ahead and collect all the geolocation, all the photos, videos, you name it, you can collect all that on these 13-year-olds. So immediately we can see that this has absolutely nothing to do with what is best for children, their parents, or even society. The sole purpose for restricting the age under 13 for these social media platforms is because that's Mm. just what the legislation has said, that you can't do it. So they are exploiting every user 13 and over because they legally can. They, they can legally do this beginning at age 13. It's not personal. It's business. Mm. It has I, nothing to wow. do with the well-being of a child. It is just business. They are legally allowed to, and therefore they will. Wow. I mean, we have this other research poll showing that 50% of 10 to 12-year-olds and 32% of seven to nine-year-olds have an account on these platforms and are actively using them. Mm-hmm. And chances are, you and I, our listeners, probably know some kids these ages who have accounts. So the question is, how is this happening, right? Mm-hmm. Well, while kids who have open access on their smartphone can sign up for an account by lying about their age, if, on the other hand, the parent knows and willingly allows their child to have the app, they are technically bypassing COPA by their parental authority. So I just, I need to like, like, so the parents are allowing the kids to lie. Is that what I, is that how I understand this right now? Like COPA allows you as the parent to bypass that law. If you agree to this, it's, I I mean, technically if you like, I've, I've read and if you're signing up, I've tried to create an account, like say I'm an eight year old. Some platforms right. will straight up block you. So if you as a parent are saying, hey, no, I really do want my child to have an Instagram and you go to, or I'm not even sure which apps completely block it. I can't remember now, but you know, and you go okay. on, you would, as a parent setting up that account, you would have to say that they are 13. There is no, so, I'm eight, but my parent says yes button that you can click. Gotcha. You, so by doing this, yeah. They accept that their child's personal information, no matter what their age is, that their data is going to be collected. It's going to be analyzed by a machine <clears throat> that's going to, I mean, it's going to market 
their algorithms, like this kid's algorithms on the computer, like on the phone, like as they use the, the the platform. Is that how I? Yeah. Yeah. So when you agree yeah. to the terms of service, yeah. saying that you're 13, they're going to assume you're 13. It's, you're going to be marketed as you're a 13 year old. Not that you're an eight year old, because remember, technically, they can't collect data right. on you when you're eight. Right. So you're basically right. saying, okay, I'm fine if you collect all this data on them and then they can see everything. But at that same time, the platform is not acknowledging that this is an eight-year-old. The platform is saying you must be 13. I'm going to show you stuff as though you were 13. Right. So then what these parents often fail to consider by doing this is that they're accepting these terms for their children who are under 13 years of age. And they're also accepting whatever content is showed to them because the, the, it's like the algorithm decides mm-hmm. what they get to see. Right. So whether it's like a funny meme whether it's something lame, explicit, inappropriate, or even dangerous, the platform will view the child as 13 years old because that's what it's meant to do. It's not going to consider that this child is seven or 10 years old. Exactly. Uh, This is, I mean, so I remember like back in one of our previous Worldview Wednesday episodes, Kelly, that you talked about how um, Instagram was rolling out Instagram less for children ages 13 to 16. Right. Mm-hmm. Of course, even though nothing was ever actually acknowledged by Instagram that there are currently children under 13 years of age on the platform. Yeah. And Instagram stated that it would not be showing graphic, explicit and violent content that it didn't otherwise like violate the community guidelines. So I can only imagine if it's not appropriate for a 13 year old, then it is definitely not appropriate for a seven-year-old i mean these kids can't even really read at this point like i yeah cannot, I, I that's I'm exactly boggled yeah. by this it's and that's a very good point what you brought up about instagram less because they're acknowledging like hey some of the content on instagram is not appropriate for 13 to 16 right what on earth are we doing putting seven you know like eight nine ten whatever on this platform when Instagram themselves are saying, hey, we've got a less version for the 13 to 16-year-old 16 year old crowd. So, I mean, have you been around the 7 and 13-year-old recently? I mean, you have two 13-year-olds. <laughs> but I'm like, I know. you as, as listeners, if you have kids this age, I mean, so full disclosure, right? My youngest is now 15. So it's been a while since I've had a 7-year-old. But when I did, um, you know, I essentially, I have batches of kids, as I say. So I have like three 7-year-olds. At a time. And at the same time, I had like three 13 year olds because I had <laughs> batches of kids. Like cookies. Yeah, since they're adopted from different families, you know, it was like I kind of had this right, like, right. I had all three, like sixth, seventh, and eighth grade all at once. And then when they were in high school, I had another batch in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade all at once. So <laughs> I, I had like two batches. <laughs> I had a batch of seven year olds and I had a batch of 13 year olds. And there was a giant gulf of differences in their maturity yep. and their awareness yep. and worldview. And most 13-year-olds will likely tell you, if they, if they have a platform on, that they're on social media, whether that be Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever, that the content that they see, I'm sorry, that is not appropriate for my 7-year-old sibling. Yeah. They would tell you that. Interestingly yeah. enough, if you talk to a 16 or 18-year-old, I mean, and I have, I lead a small group of 16, 17 year old girls at my church. They'll tell you that the content that they're seeing is not appropriate for 13 year olds. And to suggest that a seven year old, eight year old 
have you know TikTok or whatever could would be actually absurd for most teenagers. Why? Because they know what children do not know. They know inappropriate content cannot be stopped. It's an algorithm and it just appears. Can I like for a minute ask you a question about this? Because I'm thinking about this algorithm that's collecting information on these kids. And I'm thinking like as a parent, I, all of us are absolutely appalled by the idea of a stalker, right? We are absolutely appalled that someone would lurk outside our house, take pictures of us, collect our information, you know, our routes to school, our route to church, you know, our daily habits and stuff like that. That's exactly what this algorithm is doing when you interact with it. But would we be appalled, I guess, if the stalker like held up funny pictures and made us laugh? (sighs) Like, would we be appalled if he like, you know, did like funny little Mm -hmm. Irish jigs in the yard, no offense to the Irish or anything like that? Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like for the sake of entertainment, we're completely okay with a stalker like watching our kids right right or if let me stalk you but i'm gonna pay you to do that right that's that's also kind of some of the motivation if you think about someone stalking your child that's horrific but if it's like oh but if i as a parent can make some money off that is that worth it i mean that's total exploitation and in in a way like this is kind of where we're at right it begs the question why do parents allow or, God forbid, push these social media platforms at young ages. Right. So to answer this, let's consider a case study. We recently spoke to a single dad raising two boys on his own, ages 8 and 10. And this single dad gave them TikTok on their smartphones. Yes, these boys have smartphones. But to, to, he is a single dad, so I'm going to give him that. He told them that they shouldn't listen to anything with curse words, but otherwise they were kind of free to watch as they wished. Well, within a month or so, notes began, began coming home and reporting that uh, the, the boy, one of the boys were using like derogatory words against other students at school, dropping the F-bomb, things like that. And the father gave a warning about behavior and moved on. And after the third note came home, it was discovered that all of these words were being learned from TikTok. So the father took TikTok away. I mean, what was gained here? Like, that's the question. I, I, I mean, I don't want to judge any parent who has been in the same or is in a similar scenario. However, I really want us to think deeply about what we're doing as parents, especially as Christian parents. We have a responsibility to raise our children up in the teaching and the training of the Lord. And, and honestly, anything that gets in the way of that has to go. Like, right. I'm just, but that's, hey, then maybe that's just me. But with, I mean, that, that said, we have to seek out the answer of the question, what is gained? I mean, do the kids feel more confident, more empowered or popular for having this short stint of time on TikTok? Did the father feel proud that he was lenient by like doing what the kids wanted and then took action when it negatively impacted his children, what the kids needed? I mean, what about the children who were the recipient, excuse me, of those derogatory name calling? Like, have they gained anything? Uh, obviously, yeah. or surely not. I mean, I hope not. I mean, this seems like an overall just like net loss, like mm-hmm. complete and utter net loss. I mean, consider the children whose lives, oh, this is so hard. I mean, there have, chil- there have been children whose lives have been lost either to cyberbullying, um, human trafficking. I mean, ridiculous challenges on TikTok, for example. 
um, <clears throat> there's a, a blackout challenge that's been popular on TikTok. This challenge is where you try to blackout, but you end up strangling yourself or hanging yourself mm. to death. There have been seven reported deaths that have stemmed from this challenge. Six of them, six of the seven are under the magical age of 13. Yeah. So what was gained by their social media use at such a young age? Absolutely nothing. nothing. I mean, nothing. Loss, loss. <laughs> their lives. They paid for it all their of lives. it. Mm-hmm. All of it. I mean, it seems unfair to them that parents expect them to do something that they simply cannot do. And that's manage social media. They cannot do it. And you know that some of these precious children's parents are suing TikTok mm-hmm. because content like this was pushed to their child. The algorithm decided it was okay for them to see these challenges. And while, yes, I agree that the platforms do hold some responsibility, we as parents also hold some responsibility. We're the access point. Cut off the access point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, it. that's just it. There's nothing gained here to me. I, I really struggle to see, especially in, when we consider the discipleship of our children. So why? Why are, why are yeah. we pushing and why are we allowing this? The only reason I can see is that parents are deceived into believing there is a benefit. Maybe the child will like the parent more for being lenient in this area. Maybe the parent won't be bothered as much by their child while they just stare and scroll. And then the parent can do what they want, which sadly might be stare and scroll. You know, perhaps... You know, they, they think that their child might be famous and earn them some money. Um, and I've really searched my heart and, and talking to parents. And I, I personally, I don't know any other benefits other than what people say is this is just the way that it is, but that's not a benefit, right? So they ultimately, yeah. these, this deception just seems like they're just selfish and temporal benefits. And I think... Well, Good. Sorry. I just, as a mom of like two 13 year olds, this is what I get told. Uh, like if my kids don't have phones, you know, they don't have social media and it's like, well, how are they going to have a social life? <laughs> and I'm like, it, I, I schedule things. I take them places. I do stuff yeah. with their friends like that. I mean, like we, I make, we have to make the effort. We have to make the effort right. to find the people who are going to like, you know, be their friends while we're right. here at the duty station. Because I, if I, do, I, so sh- I, <laughs> I just cannot with this. <laughs> Find your words. I know. <laughs> I just the idea that social media is actually socializing like rec- is just yeah exactly. It is so an much oxymoron. Yeah, like <laughs> while there while there can be that there really can be that is so much more than that, and I think that is also where the deception is. Is this is how yeah. they communicate. They've got to have these apps because this is how they communicate, even though there are definitely other ways of communicating. Um, and so this is this is where they find themselves. They're locked in this temporal and um, benefit. They think that it's just going to make them happy right now. And they're completely disregarding the eternal, the mm-hmm. long term, right? Yeah. Satan, who scripture, you know, it really encapsulates as the great deceiver, speaks lies of comfort and happiness and peace, right? But they're all lies. Like mm-hmm. we, we do know this, you know, as Christians, John eight forty four tells us that Satan is the father of lies 
1 Corinthians 11.14 tells us that he masquerades himself as an angel of light. Y'all, just by these two verses, we can see how easy it is, how parents, including, I mean, us, I'm sure I've been deceived in numerous ways, right? But maybe just not on this topic. But how you can be deceived um, that your children need Instagram or TikTok to be relevant and liked and popular or, you know, that they won't hate me as a parent. You know, whatever that lie is, it is still a lie. Mm -hmm. Satan cannot deliver on any of these promises. When was the last time, I mean, right, that some sort of sin led you to thank Satan? Thank you so much for this comfort and this happiness and this popularity. Right, never. When mm. we when we recognize nope. the sin, it, it never delivers anything else other than death. And I, I, I can't help but think of the irony that some children are actually dying. Yeah. Not only from these challenges, but because their loss of self worth and hope yeah. and the despair of I don't compare to the world, y'all. We know we're facing a mental health crisis, and I know that social media can just be one aspect of it, but. Yeah. Oh, when it comes to our kids, we have got to think long-term and that means eternal. Mm -hmm. It means eternal. We need to be concerned about our children's souls. We need to be constantly vigilant and discerning um, as to what they're exposed to. And that may deceive them. Mm -hmm. Second Corinthians four, my favorite passage in all scripture, tells us that we need to fix our eyes on what is unseen because what is seen is temporary right? That, mm-hmm. that entertainment that we're seeing, it is so temporary, but what is unseen is eternal, right? So this is written in the context. So all of second Corinthians, right? We've talked about this before. It's written in the context of suffering. Paul is saying, you can't see the good that God is orchestrating because of your suffering for Christ, but fix your eyes on it. Nonetheless, fix your eyes mm-hmm. on me. You can't see <laughs> amidst right now in this pain and, and struggle. So we need to fix our eyes on our children's hearts and souls. Where do we want them to be? Do we want them to be in a mental health crisis when they're 18 or 19? And we should not focus on their social media acceptance or popularity or ability to communicate on any app that any friend who may want to talk to them that they have. Yes. And that's going to feel like suffering because you Mm -hmm. will, you will 100% be labeled the worst parent in the world. But guess what? Yeah, not just by your kids, but by like the other parents of okay. your kids' like, friends. Y- be, like it's, yeah. it's going to come from all directions. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> and that feeling, that feeling that you have, guess what? Mm-hmm. It's temporary too. <laughs> just, ding, ding, like, ding, ding, ding. just like the popularity <laughs> on social media, temporary. The feeling that you have that you're the worst parent in the world because your child just told you that they hate you and that you won't allow Snapchat, that's temporary. But yep. what's permanent? And what can be, right, is the permanency is the damage done to their worldview when they're on this learning about whatever topic that you, you know, have not broached because you didn't know you need to, to talk about, but they're learning on social media. Um, the damage mm-hmm. done to their worldview, their, their self-esteem, we, they cannot compare to the curated feeds of other people. You know, their relationships, yep. their physical body, and God forbid, their very life can be taken from them and they will enter a, you know, a state of eternity, but is it of heaven? Right. We really mm-hmm. should be concerned about a, a, a heavenly mindset, a kingdom mindset of, of what is the state of my child's soul? These are legitimate questions 
we need to put our phones down and deeply consider why we're allowing Mm -hmm. or pushing social media apps at young ages. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much to be learned right now. In the simplest forms, let's look at these in in just bullet points. Um, First of all, social media is not for children. That's definitely, yes, 100%. And if we define, if we define, let's define what children is. Yeah, a child, (laughs) yeah, is someone under 13 who lacks the maturity or cognitive processing to properly discern reality or demonstrate a healthy worldview. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like that could be some 18-year-olds, but that's just it's, me. It's true. <laughs> and that's the thing is you, get, you as a parent can define that yes. maturity. We don't need to rely on the government or social media platforms to define when our child is ready. Absolutely. Um, point two, machine learning and algorithms are not programmed to care about children. They mm-hmm. don't care about them at all. Number three, the business operation of social media platforms do not care about children. So the algorithms no. don't care and the business side doesn't care. No. Um, I've always wondered, these people making these <laughs> platforms, do you not have children? <laughs> but again, you know, and we said this, I think about it was on Disney, is a lot of times they're talking one way and living another. They're, yep. they're making money off of, if I could just dovetail here or sidetrack, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're making money off of this platform, but they recognize, yeah, this probably isn't great. I'm not going to allow my children on it. This is what Steve Jobs did. He created the yep. iPad and he said, I'm not allowing my kids to have one. I mean, and I'll, I did read a story. It was a while ago. And I don't know how old this child is now, but um, Evan Spiegel, the CEO of Snapchat did not allow, I think it's a stepson, but wasn't allowing his stepson to be on the platform that mm. it speaks volumes. I mean, they might care yep. about their own children, but they do not care about the well-being of of all children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to point four. Parents are responsible. Parents care about their mm-hmm. children. So they should be responsible for what media their child has access to. Yeah. And I don't know. If it were my if it were me, I'd just be like, burn it, burn it all. But that's just me. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe that's a little too extreme. <laughs> um but parents are the ones that care about their yes. children. They're supposed to be the ones that curate their content or like not curate their content, but, you know, make sure that they're not doing something that they shouldn't be doing on there. Right. Um, point five, there is no long-term benefit gained in giving a child social media access. And we're going to go back to that definition of child. Anyone, someone under 13 who lacks the maturity or cognitive processing to properly discern reality or demonstrate a healthy worldview. Mm-hmm. So. No long-term benefit gained in giving a child social media access. Access. So if you can wait until 11, you can wait until you're 13. It's worth it. But honestly, if you can wait until 16, like there's that, that's like another one, magical age of 16. If you can wait until 16, research shows a, there's a much lower likelihood of depression and anxiety associated with social media mm-hmm. usage. So it is worth waiting. Yeah. Delayed gratification is one of the best parenting tactics out there. Just delay it as long as you possibly can. I actually was just listening to a podcast that said that the demise, and this is more of a kind of geopolitical comment, but that the demise of America is because we've lost our ability to delay our gratification. A hundred percent. And I, a hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, that's overall, I mean, we're talking over the past like century, if you just look at, where we've gone and 
it's not all social media, but social media and the smartphone, I think certainly add to it. Um, mm-hmm. But delayed gratification is just one of those things that we've just so neglected. And I believe that it is a, a heart issue of, for us as parents, as mm-hmm. well as our children. Um, we don't want to delay the gratification of seeing our kids, quote, happy because they've got this smartphone to look at and they're entertained. And it's very much a delay in our own gratification as much as a delay in the gratification of our kids. So it's it's a dual thing and we need to practice it just as much. And so I just also want to make another comment because I thought of this back when you were talking, we talked about um, the business operation of social media platforms. Uh-huh. So my husband teaches computer science uh, at a at Christian private school and posed the question. He just told me the story yesterday and I think it's very relevant. Of they were talking about the ethics and morals of computer programming and what that really means. And so it's like, hey, would you, you know, create this kind of app or would you create this kind of website? And the option came up of Pornhub. And all the kids said, well, no, we would we would never program a website like that. What if they paid you, you know, ten million dollars? Mm. Then would you program a website like that? And then they begin to reconsider. Oh, wow. Right. And he said, he told them, you have to decide right now your view on this, because mm-hmm. if the money is in front of you and you have to decide it, then you might choose the money over the mm-hmm. moral decision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these are sophomore, junior, seniors in high school. And I believe that that is a message that for parents and of, of these young ages from seven to 12 that wow. are potentially considering social media, you have to decide early what your stance is in regard to allowing social media access. Because when the time comes and the pressure hits and your child is coming up on you know 12 and they're going into middle school and they're telling you they have to have it, you have already have to have your decision made. Mm-hmm. Are you going to wait? At what age? What are you looking for in your child before you begin to allow that? Mm-hmm. So it's just this it's like, pre-planning. Remember, remember when we were kids and we had to take dare and like they would be like, they, you know, what ha- What do you do if a friend offers you a cigarette? And you're like, we say no. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. they, they ingrained to us our answers mm-hmm. because they knew they knew the situation was coming. They knew that we were going to interact with someone. The opportunity was going to be available to us somehow, some way. And it's the same situation. You have got to pre-plan your answers because if not, you are going to falter every single time because this appeals to our flesh. Mm-hmm. And flesh, I mean, sin feels good. If sin didn't feel good, we wouldn't have to teach people not to do it. Like, That's do you right. know what I mean? Like That's if right. sin were bad, if it felt awful, which eventually it does. We wouldn't have to tell people, no, you shouldn't have sex before marriage. No, you shouldn't do those drugs. No, it, this, all of this appeals to our flesh. That's why it's so hard. Pre-plan your answers. That is such a great point, Ryan. Awesome job. High five. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan's my husband, of course, who gave me this story. So. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my husband's going to tell me, Chelsea, that was bad OPSEC. Bad OPSEC. <laughs> if they listen to us, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not sure. So, we don't know who does. <laughs> So as we prepare to sort of wrap up this episode, Chelsea, I'd like to touch back on the government policy side of this. 
some um, public comments made by the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, who regulate COPA, has implied that they're going to push this move from 13 to 16, which sounds good. I kind of like that, right? That part of this push Mm -hmm. could be because the European Union's sweeping privacy law recognizes everyone under 16 as a minor. So, and the reality, again, that this policy went into effect in 1998 before social media platforms ever existed, right? We live in a completely different world now. So while we can maybe anticipate a government policy change here with COPA 2.0 is what they call it, we can't wait on this or rely on this to inform how we parent. I like that idea that COPA is going to move to 16 for them to collect data. Like, I think that that sounds like good policy. But again, I'm not co-parenting with the government. Amen. There's they, a t-shirt out there that I need to buy. That that. <laughs> yeah, that comes from all the things podcast. Yeah. Um, yep. But I don't co-parent with the government. I am not saying, I'm not going to align myself and say, hey, government says 13 social, you know, is when social media mm-hmm. apps can collect data. Mm-hmm. Therefore, that's when I can allow it, right? No way. <laughs> like I said, 100%. I like this policy. I think that it's good for overall business and society and children, but that is not going to inform my decision about when I allow it. However, we at Brave Parenting have stood on social at 16 from the very beginning. Research has shown shown that your chances um, or your likelihood for depression, anxiety, all that that entails, so suicidal risk factors are all start to decrease at age 16. 16 mm-hmm. maturity-wise is so different. Again, this is when we allow children to drive cars, to work as a contributing member of society in, in the business mm-hmm. world. Like It is mm-hmm. a very different age than 13. Those mm-hmm. three years of maturity is so different. So we really need to look at scripture, what it says as our roles as disciplers and as protectors against Satan's lies, against the deception. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your child's innocence. And he has found the magical way to do that on social media. Mm -hmm. There Mm -hmm. are tremendous harmful effects to having social media at a young age. I, I could go on forever about, you know, all the things that they could see. And the reality is, is it's just, it's getting worse. There's no telling. I actually just heard about a child yesterday who was on YouTube and the content was so explicit that the parent was like, oh, I guess I shouldn't allow YouTube. I'm like, how old is your child? Eight. What? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, Yeah. we do. We need to consider this. And we need to talk about this more often because it can't just be a handful of parents because we're all so deceived. We are just so deceived by this world of social media and that the internet is just normal and YouTube is just the new place for children to be and it's just not safe. Mm-hmm. So 100%. based on all the research, based on what we know about Satan's mission to steal, kill, and destroy children's innocence, to take mm-hmm. away from the kingdom, to destroy the children of God, we recommend you wait until 16 years old. Yeah, two out of two. Five stars. Sixteen. Two out of two. Yes. 
<laughs> two so, out of two recommend. Any any last comments here as we wrap up, Chels? No, I think this was fantastic. It was good to talk about this. I, you know, I'm just praying. Like I, we, you know, we prayed before the podcast. I just pray that this trend picks up. I pray for the protection of children that we really mm-hmm. get back to just protecting children because they should not have to do the hard things that adults do. And by giving them social media, by expecting them to somehow be an adult at 13, nine, seven years old, they are having to bear this burden of adulthood. They are not prepared to do. And we are setting them up for failure every single time. That's an excellent point. Every single time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They, Mm -hmm. they can't, we can't expect them to do what adults do, which is to Mm -mm. properly filter content and say, this is not good for me. We, we can Mm -hmm. do that. Um, as grown adults and children cannot. And so, yeah, that's a great point. Well, awesome, everyone. I just want to encourage you in this um, to be brave, to hold fast, look towards the future, look towards the eternal. Where is your child's soul? Are they, are they following the Lord? How can you disciple them better? Will social media take away from this? You know, how can you surround yourself with a community of other parents we're doing the same brave hard work. If we can do anything for you, please reach out to us. Let us know. Um, you can email us at braveparenting, excuse me, at podcast at braveparenting.net. Uh, reach out to us on uh, Facebook as well. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Continue to share this with your other Christian parent friends. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. So until next time, we will see you then. Go and be brave. Bye.